And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the latest edition of Head of the Pack, last regular season edition. Bill and I are both here in the Ford Field press box in Detroit after a 37-30 loss. I almost forgot what the final score was since that game didn't really matter and there were plenty more stories that were more relevant beyond the final result. Uh, Foremost on that list is the return of David Bakhtiari, the left tackle who has made five consecutive all-pro teams. Won't this year since he's only played one game. But 27 snaps, uh, no injury concerns as of now. Said he felt good. Said he was 100% ready to play in a full playoff game. So by all accounts, about as good of a, a return as you could have hoped. One that came sooner than he expected uh, because of Aaron Rodgers texting him on Wednesday saying it would mean a lot if you were out there. And that kind of s- spurred him to come back before the playoffs. Excuse me, there's a net swarming around here. Um, come on. <laughs> fight adversity. I am. I killed him. So, yeah, that was, you know, Rodgers always talks about relationships. Like every time we talk to him, it's always relationships and special friendships. I mean, he uses those words all the time. And that's, that's it, right, Matt? I mean, the guy who, get, he, he, he gets a golf cart from the guy and then he gets his left tackle for the playoffs. It's, it was interesting. I Bakhtiari, I assume, was targeting the two weeks of practice leading up to the playoff game to make his debut. Of course, if that happens, do the Packers play him or they stick with Josh Nyman? It, it had been a fascinating conversation, but nonetheless, Rodgers says, hey, could you play? Bakhtiari does, 27 snaps. I can't say that I studied him live all the time, Matt, but when I did, he looked looked like Bakhtiari, keeping guys away from the quarterback and shoving guys around on running plays. He's, I don't want to say midseason form, but he looked pretty darn good. Yeah, I was going to go back and, and watch the All-22 later this week just to see more of how he did, but I trust his word when he says he was very pleased with how he, he played. I mean, David Bakhtiari's own word. And, and Aaron Rodgers said he, he looked really good from – uh, just first glance on the field. So I trust that word more than my study of the All-22. Um, it was funny because, well, not funny, but when he jogged off the field uh, in the second quarter, we were all like, uh, what's mm-hmm. happening? Because he was talking with uh, Nate Weir, the rehab coordinator for the Packers, Brian Engel, the head trainer, and Pat McKenzie, the doctor who performed both of Bakhtiari's knee surgeries. And we were like, what's going on here? Is, is he hurt? Did he have a setback? And then he gave Aaron Rodgers a hug, knuckle touch to McKenzie with a big smile on McKenzie's face. And we kind of knew at that point, all right, that he was probably on a pitch count or a snap count, I should say. And, and they're just sharing how it went. So good news. I mean, LaFleur said he was, he was a little fatigued. So he'll have to get that conditioning back up, but they have the bye week to do that. And, you know, the expectation as of now within the team is that Bakhtiari will be ready to play the entire first playoff game. Pretty remarkable. I mean, here's a guy who was targeting, like we are, like like we all were, come, when you look at the schedule, they had that Thursday night game against Arizona, and you think, that's Sunday. That's Sunday against Kansas City. That's the date that makes sense. And as we all know, he, he comes back, he gets shut down, has minor knee surgery, 
Comes back again, practices for one week, gets shut down again for two more weeks. Then he plays tonight. It has been, you know, it, it gets frustrating for us talking to LaFleur all the time about injury updates, and it's it's day-to-day, and we'll see how he progresses. It's the same old cliche stuff from LaFleur all the time, but, you know, the Bakhtiari story really is the personification of that, that for as much as we all have that nine-month, ten-month comeback in our head of what an ACL should be, they're not all the same, and I think that should when we talk about Elton Jenkins next year, I think we need to keep this in mind that before we start doing math on Elton Jenkins' comeback, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. Exactly, and that's what LaFleur said today. And um, Bakhtiari said, yeah, he mentioned he was aiming to get back Kansas City Week 9, Seattle Week 10, or Minnesota Week 11. And then after that didn't happen, he started to wonder, you know, is it going to happen this season? And he explained to us um, about how the, how there was too much essentially fluid in his left knee. He used the term cc's, cubic centimeters, which I learned today is a, a, a unit of measurement for fluid. He said there were between 80 and 100 in his knee, and that was just too much. So he had to get That's a second. 3-point-something ounces, by the way. I looked it up. It's 3.3 ounces of fluid if you go on, yep. on the high end of that, which is seems like a lot. So he had to get a second surgery. Um, that is why he was kind of on and off the practice, off the practice field for a while there, back on and off, and then off again for two weeks, and then and that those two weeks were leading up to the Ravens game and the Browns game. Or no, the Browns game and the Vikings game. Mm-hmm. And then he practiced this Wednesday, last Wednesday, I guess, when you're listening to this, uh, conditioning Thursday, practiced again Friday. And it kind of became more clear once he was a full participant in Friday's practice that he was going to play since he hadn't been that since, what is it now, week 17 of last season? Right. And then Aaron Rodgers kind of pushed him along. And uh, I think all parties are glad glad he did because it, it gives him some confidence now that he was able to do it for a game. And if he has to go against, you know, Micah Parsons or Shaq Barrett or whoever it is in that divisional round at Lambeau, it's good to have a game under your belt just so you're not wondering on the first drive, you know, how is my knee going to react and all that. So uh, you know, a good day all around for, for the Packers all-pro left tackle. I think it was interesting, too. Or um, The first series, I want to say, was 13 plays, 11 plays. I forget which it was, whatever. 13 plays. Um, the third series was eight plays. Those are, those are long drives, and that's what you need to get into game shape. Um, but you can do all the rehab work you want to do, but it's getting into game shape in those long drives. And being able to pass protect really good on snap 11 is a big deal. Yeah. And then he said he kind of came out when – it was just kind of a feel of the moment thing because he played 27 snaps and we were like, that's an odd number for a snap count. But he, uh, oh, Jimmy G's throwing dimes. We're watching the end of this 49ers-Rams game and the, the 49ers need a win to get into the playoffs. But that's, that's for another day. Um, and he said he, he threw a good block. He was kind of getting to his, his wind point. And he was like, you know what? I'm good for the day. He actually said he played more than kind of the general amount they had they had allotted for him entering the game. So I guess that's good too. Um, so good day for David Bakhtiari. Some other notes from the game. Devontae Adams is now the record holder for most receiving yards in a single season in Packers franchise history. He did play only 16 games because he missed one of COVID. So enough, you can say, oh, COVID, COVID season or long lengthened season, but he did it. Um, it was on a 13-yard slant. In the second quarter, I believe it was. Yep, first play. And yep, 
and it looked like they were trying to get him the record early on. And Devontae was asked about that after the game, and he was like, that's game plan every game to get me going early <laughs> on, which is kind of funny. So he now has the record. He said Jordy Nelson texted him not long after the game ended. Jordy was, was coaching football and, and didn't watch the game, but texted Devontae Adams congratulating him. So that was a nice moment before I got absolutely roasted by Devontae Adams in the postgame presser. But uh, that was pretty much all notable that happened from the game. And when I say notable, I mean like real takeaways. Like Jordan Love didn't play great. Uh, Mason Crosby missed an extra point. Patrick Taylor looked good. But does any of that really matter for the playoffs? Like what were your takeaways that that actually carry some weight into the playoffs? Yeah, not much. You know, Josh Myers played, what, 32 snaps today in his debut? Yeah. That's going to be interesting to me, Matt, what, is, is what they're going to do there. Was, I don't, Myers is pretty good to start the year, but he played, what, four games? The fifth game was he injured his knee like on the fourth snap. So he played four games, missed a game with a finger, came back and played four snaps and hurt his knee. He's been out for basically three months. So what is your better option, which is what they're going to have to wrestle with here, is what's your better option on the O-line? Is it just sticking with Patrick at the center and Royce Newman at right guard? This is sticking Myers back in at center, an inexperienced guy, and sticking with the rookie Rice Newman, or is it shifting Patrick to right guard and going with with Myers at center? Three options. Um, I would think there's more upside with Myers, but Patrick gives you the experience. I thought Newman's been playing better. Do you really want to make a whole bunch of wholesale changes on the line? It's an interesting dynamic they got going into into this bye week and then the game prep week after that. I'll have to look back to see how Patrick did, but he did lay a key block on Josiah DeGuara's 62-yard touchdown catch on that screen pass. We know he can play. And like you said, Royce Newman has been playing better since Adam Stenovich, the O-line coach, uh, categorized his early season play as inconsistent. Or I guess it was the middle of the season too a little bit. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they tried out. Touchdown 49ers. They just drove down the field in like 30 seconds and we'll have an extra point to tie this game and keep their playoff hopes alive. Anyway, um, I say that because it could affect who the Packers see in the divisional round, and and hopefully by the time this podcast ends, we will have those scenarios for you. Um, Aaron Jones and Devondre Campbell both did not play because of injuries, but Matt LaFleur was adamant, and that that was simply precautionary. They would have played if it was a playoff game, uh, given how important they were. And I think once we saw them listed as questionable, we saw, all right, they're going to... They're not going to play, and it's not going to be a big deal. The defense, the defensive starters pretty much played the whole game. Um, offensive starters at skill positions really just played the first half. Only injuries were MVS with a back injury. That's something to monitor since he was ruled out for the game. And then Shannon Sullivan with a knee injury, and that's obviously the Packers' nickel corner. But that could change if Jair Alexander is back for the playoffs. Yeah, I did see MVS at one point. I think it was after the Lazard second touchdown. He went running on the field to congratulate Lazard. So take it for what it's worth. Maybe it's maybe it was more precautionary than anything there. And again, you got you got two weeks to get better. And you're right, Sullivan. I mean, they they, they flirted with Kevin King in there. You got Alexander coming back. I don't think I don't think it's a gigantic deal if he's out. I mean, you feel bad for him. And he's played he's played some pretty good ball at times. Gave up a third down catch this. Amon Ross St. Brown, which is a which is a key play in the game. But yeah, if you get Alexander back, it's gonna be Alexander, Stokes, and and Douglas. I mean, that's as obvious as anything in the world. Yeah, well, hopefully for the Packers' sake, whoever they play doesn't run uh, seventeen reverses in the backfield because 
those will probably work every single time. I mean, they got killed by the Lions on those. I, and listen, it's a meaningless game. I don't know if the pack, it's hard to play football at anything less than 100% or else you're going to get hurt. 100% speed I'm talking about. But I don't know if the, the meaningless aspect of the game had anything to do with it. But it was pretty much the Packers defensive starters playing on most of those plays. Yes, the edge is a big part of those plays, and on some of them, Tipa Naliai and Jonathan Garvin were in, not Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. But it's concerning regardless, and Matt LaFleur was not happy. He dropped No, he was a, not. He dropped a swear word in his postgame presser, which is very rare for him because he was so irked about those defensive lapses. You gave up 37 points to the Lions. I don't care who's on the field. That's not good, and especially when a lot of key defenders who are going to have to stop a playoff team in a couple weeks are part of that group. It's it's unsettling. So I understand people who want to say, oh, we can't take much from this game, but you got to get that fixed or else you might only have one game left in your season. Yeah, it, it is a problem. You're probably right, Matt. It is. It was a meaningless game. I'm sure they played hard, but I don't know. Were these guys staring at their iPad watching game film at 9 o'clock or at night and Maybe, or as late as they normally would. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they just play like garbage. I don't know. Um, but, but I do think the meaningless nature of things, just human nature, Matt. It's human nature, I think, to maybe let off the gas a little bit when it's when you could, they could have won by 100 or lost by 100 and it made no difference in the grand scheme of things. So I, I would, probably wouldn't read too much into it. Um, but other one, I, I would think that whoever they play in the division round, I, I would be surprised if they don't run some some trick plays on them, at least one, to see if those guys are going to bite on stuff. That first touchdown was sweet. Oh, it was awesome. Inside handoff, reverse. Guy throws it to the to the Khalif Raymond, who actually lined up at running back on that play. That's an awesome play. It was. You know, I wonder why the Lions didn't do that all season. <laughs> they probably should have. Yeah. I mean, they, they, got three, they got three guys who throw the ball better than Goff does. Is Tim Boyle one of them? <laughs> Tim Boyle, the punter, and whoever the hell was it, Scott Kennedy? Tim Tom Kennedy. Kennedy. I, Tom could never heard of the man. <laughs> never heard of him. Um, never heard Bill, of him. Where does, where does T-10 bar? You know, I guess Amari Rogers took it personally that, that David Moore tried to Wally Pip him because Amari Rogers comes back after David Moore's 21-yard punt return last week, which at the time was the longest this season for the Packers, and Amari Rogers comes back with a 23-yard return, which I missed because I was looking for Bakhtiari on the sideline. So you'll have to tell me how it looked. But, very well blocked. Um, it was very well blocked. He had a good cut. He got the ball on the left numbers, cut it up toward the middle. It was a good return. Um, I, you know, I got to say something, Matt. Their part return is pretty damn good lately. Yeah. When they catch the ball, they're pretty good. They've already got, and this includes Amari Rogers, who's had a host of problems. They've already got, I think they got six returns of 15 yards. This year, last year, they had zero. Their punt return is pretty good. The punt unit's not bad. The kickoff coverage has gotten better. So who do you start at punt returner in the playoffs? Well, David Moore, because he's been there and done that. You mentioned it, Matt, during pregame, and you're exactly right. It's a bit of an adventure for Rodgers to feel the ball. It seems like he doesn't, if it's a lack of confidence, if he's just not good at it, I don't know what it is, but just the one game that we saw of David Moore catching kicks, it looked like he'd been doing it his whole life. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Amari Rodgers is is useless on offense, and I don't think that's too harsh. Um, 49ers and Rams going to overtime. That'll be interesting. Um, do, do you trust him in a playoff game? You don't know. I mean, 
I don't think you put Randall Cobb back there fresh off an injury. I would go David Moore too, but I'm surprised a little bit that they didn't at least activate him and see a little more of what they had in him. Like LaFleur decided on Friday that David Moore, or maybe he decided earlier that David Moore would, would not be active today and he wasn't even called up. So, Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's COVID though, man. I mean, just because you can come back in five days doesn't mean you're going to. Maybe he just wasn't feeling well. Oh, that's right. He was on the COVID list. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. Um, that probably has something to do with why he didn't play. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, what they do there. 49ers get the ball first. Um, let's talk playoffs, Bill. Who is the team the Packers least want to see? And, you know, the seeds are still up in the air, so there's only a couple teams that they could see. But who is the team, if you're the Packers, that scares you the most? And who's the team that scares you the least in the NFC? Oh, man. I'm telling you, I know, and you're going to disagree with this. Man, I think Dallas is really good. I think they're really good. They've got so many weapons on offense. Look, their, their defense isn't that great, but Micah Parsons has been phenomenal. And the Diggs kids intercepted a lot of passes. Man, they... But it, you know, it's Mike McCarthy too. I mean, hell, you don't know. I mean, they could, they could, they could flame out in the first round. But they are, they are loaded. I, they are a team that they could come into Green Bay and beat them by two touchdowns easy. Not saying they're going to, but there's not exactly a weak link on that team. So I'd, I'd go Dallas as a team I would not want to play. I don't know if they could beat the Packers by two touchdowns easy. I wouldn't go that far, but I think. Um... Yeah, I would I would say Dallas probably scares the Packers the most. Tampa, without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, not really. I mean, no defense really scares me if, if I'm the Packers because of how good their offense can be. It's the opposing team's offenses that, that scare the Packers since we can see that their defense can just collapse at any second um, and have been really bad the, the last quarter of the season apart from uh, playing Sean Mannion last week. I would agree with you because of the, the Cowboys running game and their weapons on offense with, with Amari Cooper and uh, and CeeDee Lamb that they probably pose the biggest threat. And obviously with Dak Prescott at quarterback, I still don't see just for storyline purposes. I, it would be too perfect for Mike McCarthy to come into Lambeau and win know, a playoff right? game and end Aaron Rodgers' season. I just don't see it happening. I think the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, team that scares me the least? San Francisco. I would say San Francisco as well. I mean, I know they're putting up a fight here, but this isn't the San Francisco team of a couple of years ago. Debo Samuel is unbelievable, but Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare me. Um, Packers put up 30 on them earlier this year. It's not the same defense as a couple of years ago, especially in, in the secondary. And it, it's not the same running game that ran for 285 yards against the Packers in the NFC title game. They don't have Raheem Mostert. It's not the same caliber offensive line. So, yeah, they're, they're a good team, but and the NFC stacked. But if I had to pick one that scares the Packers the least, I would pick the 49ers. That being said, they're probably going to go down the field and beat the Rams here. <laughs> you know, Philly is the seventh seed. They're going to play what the second seed, whoever that's going to be. Yeah. They run the ball so damn well. They're interesting. Of course, they gave up like 8,000 points to the Cowboys. They do nothing on, else well, on Saturday though. Night. But man, that running game, though, it, it's enough to control you a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But then... Uh, but that defense, my God. Yeah, the defense is just bad. And the Packers, I think, can put up 
35 40 in any playoff game and see like jimmy g has a wide open debo samuel running a slant across the field for a first down and just throws it behind him yeah and, and yeah. i know i know jimmy g threw eight times only when when they lambasted the packers a couple years ago in the nfc title game but listen i, I just don't see the 49ers as a team that can rely as heavily on the running mark oh that's a that's a drop that's debo samuel's fault never mind that's not jimmy garoppolo's fault my, my fault jimmy um you, you know, you, you mentioned Green Bay's offense a while ago. You get Bakhtiari back. You're going to get Cobb back, presumably, in two weeks. They haven't actually put their offense on the field all year, Matt. No, they haven't. They have not, and they still, in, over the last six weeks heading into this game, I'm sure it hadn't changed, they were number one in the league in scoring over the last six games, and they scored 30 today, so I assume that'll probably stick. These guys are rolling, and they're going to get better. There's not a lot of teams that are positioned to be like the Packers who are going to be in the playoffs and they're going to get a better roster back like these guys are going to. Again, I'm going to assume Alexander is going to play. and yep. You're going to get a premier corner. You got your left tackle back. You're going Randall to get a fresh, Randall Cobb back and a fresh Aaron Jones. Fresh Devondre Campbell. Yeah, sign me up. Even if Zedarius Smith doesn't play, I think Smith and Gary have done enough. Um that they should be fine at edge rusher. Yeah, Tifa and Garvin don't inspire a lot of confidence, but they only need to play a couple snaps anyway. Yep, that's right. They'll be fine. Hey, you can always, uh, you can always put Oren Burks an outside linebacker. Man. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> um, you he mentioned this. Two, he had two of the worst missed tackles of the year, by the way, today. Those were bad. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Listen, you mentioned this earlier today, and I know it doesn't have anything to do with the game, but the Broncos' head coaching job came open uh, earlier this morning. And one of the names that Tom Pelissero from NFL Network floated around was Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm just going to drop this and leave it here and run away. <laughs> if oh, you're going to leave me to talk th- about it? Th- no, this lot. is you Man, brought Devante's this up. Devontae's right. Devontae's right. You are wimpy. You brought this up, Bill, earlier. If Nathaniel Hackett gets the Denver job, does that increase their chances of land? Listen, regardless of what happens, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in Green Bay. I think Devontae Adams is going to be back in Green Bay, whether that's on an extension or a franchise tag. Um, Does Denver, A, hire Nathaniel Hackett because they think it increases their chances at Rodgers? And does B, if they do... Does that increase the chances Roger perhaps looks elsewhere to go to Denver? I say no, but what do you think? I say no as well, but with a big, with a, with a big but. Jesus, it's been a long week. Matt, there are $37 million under the salary cap. 
The Packers are $46 million over that salary cap. If, you're, if they can't afford Adams, and Adams isn't taking less. He made that perfectly clear back in yep. the late, late July, early August, that he's not taking less. He's not taking less to play with Rodgers. He's not taking less, period. The Broncos just blow the Packers' asses out of the water on Devontae Adams. And ultimately, do we really know how Rodgers gets out? If, if Rodgers wants out, if Rodgers goes to Goody, I want out, is that it? Is that how this is restructured? I don't know. I don't think he's going to want out based on everything he said. But let's but, just say it, Adams goes to Denver because Denver just crushes the Packers' offer. But the Packers can just franchise tag him, though. How, they, how are they going to afford that? I don't know. They can afford It's $20 million to franchise him. At least it's going to be in that neighborhood of 20. When you're already $48 million over the cap, there's not enough Darius Smiths on the roster to cut. Maybe and they Billy, can. And, and Billy Turner. Right. But and man, Mason oh, Crosby. You're going to have to get rid of it. So, then, so here you go, then. You're going to get rid of everybody. Does Rodgers want to come back to that? Well, Does Rodgers want to come back and, and play, play catch with Devontae Adams and literally nobody else? Well, let, let's consider this. If they cut Zedarius Smith, if they cut Billy Turner, if they cut Mason Crosby, those are a couple guys they can, they can part ways with. So you're Do probably bring 20 back- million over at that point, give or take. And I don't know the exact cap math of how they can free up space now in, in current contracts. We'll, we'll do a whole episode on that after the yes, season. But if you, if, if you have Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, let's say MVS goes, but you bring back Lazard. Um, do you bring back Robert Tunyon? You have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon for another year. Yes, you do. Yash Nyman at right tackle. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think that's enticing enough for Rodgers to come It could be. It could be. Back. You're right. Um, if, if the listeners haven't listened, I mean, Rogers did a podcast with Adam Shine on Sirius. I didn't listen to it, but Sirius sends along quotes. And there's that great quote um, when Shine asked Rogers about Goody. And Rogers says, the grass, something along the lines, the grass, the grass is greener where you water it, was, was the line there. And he talked about how him and Brian have talked, and he appreciates how Brian has handled this season. And they found some middle ground together. And it seems like they're in a really good spot. And obviously, we know he loves LaFleur. So I don't think he's going to leave either, Matt. I, I think that Brian's made the right moves. That Rodgers believes that, that, he, that Goody's going to do what it takes to assemble a consistent championship caliber roster. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere either. I just think it's interesting that, man, Rodgers loves Hackett. And Rodgers loves Adams. Um, I, I could... I guess I could see it. I don't think so, but I, I could see it happen. Yep. That's a scenario for down the line, and I do think uh, winning the Super Bowl or not will have a slight effect. Like, if they don't win the Super Bowl and losing the NFC Championship game again, will Rodgers go three years in a row? I know this has the best roster in Green Bay, but, like, what's, what gives? This is our best chance. Team's going to look different next year. Might as well go try my luck somewhere else and try and prove that it's not me, that it's the – that it's the team around me. I don't see that happening. Um, I do think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but if they don't, I, I think that could impact the decision. If they do win the Super Bowl, I could see them saying, you know what, let's run it back. And Goody says, you know what, get rid of Smith, Zedarius, get rid of Billy Turner, let's bring our core back and try and, you know, start a dynasty here. And then what do they do with Jordan Love? Keep him until they have to guarantee the fifth year 
on his contract and then trade him for a sack of peanuts and just admit that that you were wrong, yep. it could come to that. We'll see. Storylines aren't leaving Green Bay, and that's good for our job. Yeah, it is. Um, what if you put – I'll go back to one more time. If you put Rodgers on Denver, who's got a better team? Green today? Bay. Today. Jordan Love leading the Packers or Aaron Rodgers leading the Broncos today? You still think Green Bay's better? Oh, who's got a better team? Oh, I thought you were saying yeah, let, who let's, has let's a better the team, team outside the quarterback position. Yeah, let's, let's have the teams play tomorrow. Rodgers on Denver, Jordan Love on Green Bay. Who wins? Oh, Rodgers on Denver. Right. But, but any team, if you put Aaron Rodgers on any team, their chances against the Packers increase dramatically. A team with Jared Goff and the Lions just beat the Packers with Jordan Love. So Fine. I, I would say any team. But which I team guess, has a better soror- – uh, here's the question. Which team outside the quarterback position – has a better roster. It's That's easily the Packers. Better. See, I don't, I don't know about that, Matt. Yeah, definitely. The running, the running backs are maybe about equal to what Green Bay has. What I would, I would, def- I would say the Packers are, are slightly better. Yeah, I would say both defenses are damn good. I have no idea about the Broncos line, so maybe that's where, where, where Green Bay wins. Packers is probably better. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, Denver's receivers are good, and if you, they're not Packers. I don't think they're as good as the Packers, but I don't think they're. They got young guys there who I yeah. think Rodgers could feel like he can win with those guys, even without 17. Again, Packers I think Rodgers are- coming back because it just that was a strong quote by, by Rodgers on Wednesday whenever, whenever he did that podcast. I also think there is a sentimental aspect to it. Uh, you know, the fans, the, the legacy staying with one team. Sure, the fans in Denver would love Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I think it, it means something to, to be here. But we'll see. We'll see what happens as the 49ers have a first, second and goal now from the six-yard line. So if they win, they go to 10-7. and seven. Uh, Arizona's believe, getting crushed. So the Rams, Arizona's getting crushed, so the Rams, Rams are going to win, win the, the West. division. I shouldn't say so, they're getting crushed. It's 38-27 with a minute and a half to go in Arizona. They'll be 13-4. and four. So will the Cowboys, and so will... The Buccaneers, and I don't know the tiebreaker. So we'll see what happens there. The, the interesting game tonight is, is Raiders and Chargers. They, they both get in with a tie. Or well, if, if they don't tie, winner gets in along with the Steelers. If they do tie, both the Raiders and Chargers get in. What would you do if you were the head coach? You talking about the Ra- that Chargers game? Yeah. Look, they're, they're not going to kneel it out. I mean, no. But it would be interesting if it's, say, a three-point game in the well. If it's a three-point game in the fourth, or it's tied in the fourth quarter, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It would. See if they maybe it's play like, for the win for the it's majority. It's like we of played the game. 58 minutes here. We haven't figured it out. Fuck it. <laughs> that would be interesting. It's possible. We'll we'll try. You know, I'll have my quarterback. Well, you know, I'll call some bad plays. You call some bad plays. <laughs> we'll we'll make it. We'll stage it like pro wrestling. You know, where it's yeah, kind of looks real. But no, I don't. I think they'll play to win, and we'll see if the Chargers are any good. I mean, we I mean God, Justin Herbert's been hyped as this great quarterback all year long, and by God, you better win this game. You better. But that doesn't concern any team that we cover. We cover the Packers, and now we have a week off, which is nice. So we'll practice, catch you. I still got practice, man. Still got practice. Um, we'll see if we have an episode for you next week, previewing whoever the Packers play. You know what? Yeah, we'll have an episode for you next week previewing whoever the Packers play after they find out their opponent. Until then, for Bill, I'm Matt. We'll see you later from Detroit. There you go, Detroit.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.